something that you see a lot in history is people that have been able to make changes in certain fields or people that had no business being like doing that. That's Cole. You may know him as Purple Bastard, his musical alter ego. If you're like us, you know him as drama department royalty from back in the 90s when we all met in high school. These days, Cole's a family man, substitute teacher, and keeper of a formidable beard. He stopped by to chat about writing comedy, slicing and dicing sound, and to drop some of his heady, slowed-down grooves on us. I'm Amber, and here's Angelica with our weekly chat. Hi, Cole. Hello. Thank you for doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for having me. It's yeah. I'm very honored. I talked in the last episode about playwrights and players, and I think that's when we first started becoming friends. Yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah, you know, a good 21 years ago. Right. Doesn't and seem like uh, nearly that long ago, I know. but uh, I guess that's, yeah. Yeah, you know, 20, 21 years. And... Like many of my friends from my formative years, we share a love of writing as a form of expression. Yeah. Um, do you still write at all? Um, not, uh, not so much. Um, I was telling somebody <laughs> the other day <laughs> um, that uh, that while I was in uh, Los Angeles, I was I was writing comedy um, for uh, for a while for like. Like, towards the end of my time there, probably like the last year I was there in, in L.A. Um, just for reference for your listeners, I lived in L.A. for about four years from 2012 to 2016. I moved back at the end of 2016. But back to Houston, where yeah, we're back, both from. Back to Houston, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was writing comedy. I was uh, doing, I was writing, like, sketch comedy. I was doing that at uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. I, I, mean, I mean, I was taking classes there, you know, but I was writing a lot of sketches. I was actually uh, writing and performing stand-up comedy, too, um, during that time. So, uh, yeah. But aside from that, not, not so much, uh, not, you know, not anything really like serious or whatever like I you know used to write when I was younger or whatever so you started playing or making music in college what was the what did you do initially uh I started out like DJing like um got like some turntables and stuff and yeah I was I was DJing do you remember I gave you a record like a Walt Whitman yeah yeah I, you had that vinyl? record and I really wanted that record I, I still have it I think somewhere man you know what's crazy <laughs> about that is that I heard that like on a Levi's commercial like like years later there was like there was like a cut from that record like like playing in a Levi's what? commercials and it was like all these like so appropriate. Young, young kids like frolicking, you know, in Levi's. <laughs> I used it uh, one time on a recording uh, on a song I did with uh, Ryan. Uh-huh. Um, Ryan know. Dilbert. He's yeah. also going to be interviewed. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he and I, I think in like 2008 or some sometime around then, he and I did a couple of songs. Um, you know, and this was like 
that was that was kind of a weird side project. It was like called the the Willie D Fan Club or whatever. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of cool. Um, like like he and I we probably did like four songs, and and I used that Whitman recording in one of those uh, one of those um, you know one of the recordings we did or one of, one of the songs we did, and. Um, another funny thing about that project is that was like the that was like the myspace era or whatever you know mm-hmm. that was like that was like peak myspace era and like our 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 claim to fame at that time was that we were for some reason i don't know why for some reason we were in like zach galifianakis top eight are you serious yeah yeah and like so we had these people from like comedy like like hitting us up or whatever and it was like really random like i don't know I don't know if he put that on there like as a joke or like if he even like listened, but it was just really like super random. And that was before he was he even really like got super popular, but he was like pretty popular, I think, like as an underground comedian still at that time, you know. So it was just like this super random thing where we're just like, okay, you know. Um. So you were DJing for a while, and then how did that evolve? Um, well, it happened here in Austin, Texas. Um, our, our friend Phil, remember Phil? Yeah, oh, Phil. Yeah, yeah, I, I got into it because, you know, he was a DJ, and I, like, you know, I went and messed with his turntables and records and stuff, and I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. I kind of messed around with some music programs a little bit before that, but that was the first time I kind of did anything but kind of more seriously. Like, that was the, that was the first time I kind of really put any... Uh, time you know like like substantial time towards kind of learning it or whatever like um so yeah um that's kind of how that happened and the interest kind of stayed with me and you know for you know many years or whatever um and you know I went through some life ups and downs or whatever but I continued to produce music uh, or like I kind of got off into like the production side of it and got away from DJing or whatever for a while. Um, and what did that entail? Um, well, so, you know, for production, you know, I'm just, you know, it's basically talking about, you know, just making electronic music and hip hop, uh, you know, beats and stuff like that. Um, you know, so, you know, using computer programming, using hardware, um, not computer programming, computer programs, mm-hmm. excuse me, I'm not a, I'm not a computer programming whiz, <laughs> um, but, you know, just different tools or whatever, and turntables, and, you know, just using my ears and stuff, um, but, yeah, I did that pretty much on an amateur level for many years, um, I mean, I'm still debatably on amateur level in a lot of ways, um, but uh, I did audio engineering, like, after I graduated there, I was like, man, you know, I really want to learn audio engineering, so uh, there's, like, a program at HCC at Houston Community College. It's actually a really good program, I think. At the time I went to it, it was, like, the best audio engineering in the state of Texas, it may be different now. I don't know, you know, probably maybe some other schools will, like, step their game up. But they had a really solid program, and it's Houston Community College, so it's cheap, you know. Yeah. So I went through their, like, little program there um, and, like, learned more kind of technical stuff or whatever about 
you know, production and recording and stuff like that. And did you learn how to use things like Ableton or what What did you say you used? Uh, Ableton and Reason. Reason. I was using Reason before that. It kind of, they don't necessarily teach you those programs. Like it's more like, like the program is more like geared towards like if you want to be a recording engineer in a studio so if you want to be the guy sitting at the boards in the studio you know recording a band or uh, a vocalist or whatever you know it kind of gives you like an overview of those tools like you know kind of some of the stuff you have there but the hardware version of of, of that um, you know it kind of gives you a foundational knowledge of you know the technical uh, the technical aspects of recording and mixing music and everything it's a very valuable knowledge and skill set to have um, you and know so how did that lead you to purple bastard I worked with this guy um, who I met through my job um, who was like a rapper and I produced an album for him and we really like it's but we, we put a lot of work into it like like just from recording to producing it and everything and like I really um uh you know I it was it, it was like a pretty like good serious project like like we we fine-tuned it and everything and um you know just just a lot of hard work went into it or whatever uh around that time around that same time I did a side project where it was like all like I was mainly messing with like analog gear like old synthesizers and stuff like that and running through a tape machine or whatever doing something very lo-fi um uh like a space echo yeah yeah i mean old old gear like okay. like that like a space and yeah, i say it, that it was for, actually uh go ahead oh i say that for our listeners i i am not a musician my right. husband is so i just try and pick up little nuggets the oh. tape, well, the tape machine I'm talking about is I'm just talking about like a like a four track cassette recorder. Mm. So like what they used to use before they used like Pro Tools and stuff. Like what what a musician on a shoestring budget would use in like the '70s or '80s, you know, where you're basically rec you have like four tracks of audio, which is just four individual channels of audio, and you're recording it directly to a cassette tape. So you're not really able to edit it, obviously, the way you can with digital i mean it's just a told whole different world or whatever but it's it it's a good way to impose creative limitations on your project which is a which is a really useful thing i feel like anyways uh so i had done this pro i'd done this side project or whatever and it was called that purple bastard and it was just meant to be like a one-off thing or whatever you oh. know like i didn't intend on it becoming like my stage name Persona. or whatever yeah yeah i didn't intend on any of that i would just intended on doing that as like this side this like weird side project that you know you know most people probably wouldn't be interested in listening to <laughs> um you know but i but but you know i was scratching an itch creatively for yeah. sure yeah, but anyways so i was doing i did that and then around the same time i was doing this project with this with this rapper um and like throughout the whole album he kept like shouting out that name like on the on the album he'd be like purple bastard purple. and I was like okay um 
you know, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm like stuck with this now, you know, <laughs> there's no turning back now. Cause they've like said it like a billion times, like yeah. on the recording or whatever, you know, so Been coined. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, um, you know, and it was so. that purple bastard. It was while. that purple bastard. I did drop the that at that one. I adopt the yeah. <laughs> now I, it's just purple bastard. Yeah, yeah. Like Facebook dropped the the. Right, right. It was just too much. Like I mean, it's still kind of too much. Like if I would advise anybody starting your music career not to have any swear words in your name, just because <laughs> it's kind of limiting to you as far as opportunities that uh-huh. you might be able to get. You know, like I was, like they. Like, I got mentioned in the Chronicle one time, and they put it as Purple B. Like, they wouldn't even... I Like, I know they can say bastard in the Chronicle. The Chronicle, for those of you who don't know, that's like the big Houston newspaper or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, I, I know you guys can say bastard yeah, in, in the Chronicle. Yeah, put a dash in the A, and then you can right, right, spell the rest of it. Right, right, because it's not really... Like, it's not a bad word. Like, you can say it on TV, so it's not like... It's not that bad of a word, but I guess it's like bad enough to where they're like i don't know like the person who's writing is like i'm not sure you know so yeah so if you're if you're working with a uh with a pseudonym uh i would steer away from anything questionably yeah questionably explicit or obscene you know even though it's not really you know But, and so the purple, I'm assuming, because of DJ Screw was such an influence yeah, to you. Yeah, mo- yeah, pretty much, yeah. The the cough syrup, purple drink. Yeah, yeah. And so when did you start getting into the, like, chopped up, slowed down, um, slower RPMs? I mean, I liked that stuff since I was a kid. Um, I mean, I, I kind of grew up all over Houston, and I was, you know, I was probably hearing that stuff when I was, like, you know 10 or 12 or whatever you know um it was something that was already always around you know and you would hear it in different forms you know like whether it was friend who had you know who had whose like older brother had given him a cd or like you know you'd hear that stuff walking down the street you know you'd be walking down the street and you'd hear it like blasting out of somebody's car and you just be like, what the fuck was that you know like <laughs> that sounded crazy like yeah. you know um so, you know, I I always liked that stuff. I mean, I probably got I probably got deeper into it like in college and stuff and just kind of, you know, just nerded out on it a little bit and you know, it's a really neat thing. I I've met some of the people who were kind of involved with the whole with, you know, the whole original in that uh, scene yeah that yeah i didn't meet i didn't meet dj screw i went yeah i went to the screw shop uh, actually while i was living here um uh while i was living here going to ut i was taking an anthropology class and i went to the screw shop and like interviewed them uh like i interviewed the guy who was basically like working the counter who was like a close friend of his or whatever it was like the coolest thing I did in college for sure. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I did that. And then I met some of those guys, some of those other guys like years later, um, just at like conferences, like I threw some shows and I booked some of those, some, like some other guys, um, at some of the shows that I threw in Houston and stuff. Um, so, you know, it's all really interesting to me. I think it's a really unique thing. And, 
Houston has, you know, Houston's such like a, it's got such a bad rap as being like a very like homogenized culture, you know what I mean? Like there's so much of the culture that's just like a, like a repeat of like suburban culture that you see all over the United States. Um, so it's cool to have some things like that, that where you're, where you're like, hey, this is like a sound that came from here. And it's very like, it it represents the city very well. You know, it represents like the fucking humidity and yeah. like the heaviness of everything. Yeah. Like, you know, how people do like, people are do move slower down there and stuff. You know what I mean? It's not like a fast paced uh, type of place. So, you know, I, I, you know, I really like it for that reason. And so other, you were performing um, in L.A., and were you also performing in Austin and in Houston? I wasn't really performing when I lived here. I mean, I was kind of, I was, you know, I was pretty green and still pretty, like, you know, self-conscious. You know, I mean, I'm still self-conscious, but at a certain point, you just you just get on stage anyway you know what I mean for um to promote your music or to to like get that rush like how do you feel when you're performing um it's kind of a rush I mean it's it's always really nerve-wracking I mean whatever whatever kind of level of involvement you know I I have whether I'm front and center or whether I'm in background or in the past when I like promoted shows like when I would you know basically put on shows it's always a very nerve-wracking experience and very um you know one of those things where I'm always like you know I always have to like psych you know psych build myself up beforehand and just be like okay well you know you're really nervous but if you don't want to after tonight you never have to do this ever again <laughs> very nerve-wracking type type of situation um but, but you're performing about once a month now you said yeah yeah well i've got a monthly show um that i'm doing at like at like a like a bar in midtown houston or whatever what night and where is it it's uh it's at leon's lounge which is a historic bar in midtown houston it's like the oldest bar i think and it may be the oldest bar in houston that's been like continuously operating but they've got a nice like little stage and everything in a nice area and got pretty good acoustics there um but we're doing this on the third thursday i say we i mean me <laughs> the royal we yeah yeah um i'm doing this on the third thursday of every month um it's just it's an event called vibes um and what i'm trying to do is i'm kind of basically what my intent is is that i'm just trying to i mean i'm trying to get my stuff out there but also just kind of stay in practice also and I'm like bringing out acts like uh, each time, you know, like guest performers, like whether that's other producers or rappers. For a while, while I was in Houston for probably about three years before I moved to Los Angeles, I was putting on uh, like a, a bi-monthly hip-hop event called uh, Turning Heads, which um, it was a pretty good event, like um, pretty prestigious, I guess. That, I mean, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, kind of prestigious or whatever, but just because we did it for a long time and we brought new acts every time or whatever, like, we would always bring out new acts. And that that was kind of something, it wasn't something where 
we were necessarily doing it to promote ourselves, but just kind of something to build the community. So, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still have a good amount of like street cred from that. You know what I mean? Even though I was gone for like four years, even though I just like basically like left and like, you know, to go to LA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but people still like know that like I still meet people who, like, I don't even know, who are, who are like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with, you know, who are like, oh, I know that, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, so, so it's kind of cool. And besides performing, you set aside time at home to record songs or... Yeah, yeah. Do you have, like, a regular night or do you try to do it every... You, you were saying that you were doing it every morning for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, I mean... You know, it it depends, you know, it's as uh, as a family man, you know, um, you know, you have to get in time wherever you can, you know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, for a while, like the end of last year, I think for, for a couple months consistently, I was getting up every morning and trying to like complete a song every morning, which was a big challenge because you know a lot of times the temptation is to like start something and never finish it you know and I probably have a ton of stuff like that but um yeah so I I was doing it every morning for a while I've kind of been off my game like the past month or so but beginning of the year has been kind of weird so there's been a lot of changes so um not to say I haven't been doing anything but but fortunately um you know, during that time that I was so productive, I produced so much stuff that, you know, I could put out more albums of that stuff if I wanted to. I mean, I put out two albums in January, which... Oh, dang. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, you know, that's, like, that's pretty recent, and I could, you know, I'm sure if I sat down, you know, tomorrow for a couple hours, I could probably... Finish up some stuff. Right, cobble something, you know, yeah, organize organize enough songs that I've already worked on or whatever, you know, to do a new release or something, you know. So you kind of have an idea of what's in the vault of stuff that's like three quarters done and... More or less. I mean, the funny thing about this stuff is you start so many things that you're just, you know, you can go back and you're just like, what the hell is this? (laughs) You know, and then you listen to it and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I did do that. That's right. I totally 100% forgot about that. So, yeah. so, you know, yeah, I mean, but if I, if I got into it and went back through it, you know, um, I could find some quality material. <laughs> <laughs> so take us through your process. You're going to sit down for the morning cause you, it sounded like you worked in the morning before yeah, Nova got up. Yeah. It's better to work. Yeah. It's better for me to work in the morning. I'm a morning person. So I can get up, like, super early, like... Like how early? Like 3 a.m. Goodness. Yeah. So that's kind of... What, what time do you go to bed? Well, it, it depends, you know, but but I'll go to bed relatively early. Okay. Like, sometimes I'll go to bed at the same time as my son, you know, so like 8 or 9, you know. Okay. Sometimes earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Depending, you know, so... Um, yeah, so... Doing that, I can start the day pretty early, you know. Okay, wake three, up at three. Four, mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, so I'll just sit down, sit down, you know, in a quiet spot and get on, 
you know, get on one of my production programs. Usually, usually recently it's been Ableton Live or or Reason, but generally it's been Ableton with this last this last batch of stuff that I've got, and um, I'll just kind of uh, find find you know a couple. I just kind of try to quickly find a couple of like samples that I like and that I want to use, and then just like chop the hell out of them. You know what I mean? Just like um, basically break them down to very like basic elements and rearrange them you know put effects you know sequence them um that kind of stuff you know and just make something new from something that old you know basically i mean i've there have been a lot of different processes over the years but recent that's the most recent like iteration of you know that creative process and that's with the most recent best batch of music i mean that's kind of how most of it was made and how do you know when you're done um i just uh i just kind of set a limit you know what i mean like you know i can get maybe an hour or two of work done and i know when it's close to time for my son to get up and you know when my son gets up it's pretty much a wrap you know <laughs> it's done I mean, he likes it. He'll come and sit with me or whatever, you know. But as far as me actually being able to focus on the work, it's 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 done. <laughs> <laughs> How has fatherhood changed your process? Um, it's made it even more efficient like that, you know mm. what I mean? Like where I just, I'm like, okay, I just, I, I'm going to have this amount of time. So I got to get something done. And I'd like to get something done and that I know I'm going to do something with, you know. I mean, it's not always going to be, like, amazing, so I may not do something with all of it, but I start with the intention of having a finished product, you know, versus in the past it's been a little more exploratory, you know what I mean? Like, it's still exploratory, but it's, like, a more streamlined version of that where... I'm just like, okay, does that sound good? Okay, sounds good. All right, <laughs> let's move on to the next, you know. Um, Versus, like, let me sit here and listen to this one thing for, like, 20-plus minutes yeah, or, like, or, an, or an hour, you know, yeah. and be like, oh, well, this is pretty cool, you know, like, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just it's like, how's it sound? It. it sounds good? Okay, all right. <laughs> what inspires you to start a song? Is um, it hearing a sample and you're like, oh, i got to use that on something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hearing a sample or just really, I mean, really just the process itself. Like, I'm not, like, like a lot of guys that work with samples are very, like, um, they're very, like, picky in particular. Like, um, but with me, like, I'd like to be able to make something from, like, anything, you know what I mean? Like, like, I think you can find quality stuff, like, anywhere and you can you can make it, you know what I mean? Like, so I won't spend like, I won't spend like a billion years, like looking for an exact sample or, or necessarily even sample something that I've heard that, I, that I liked, you know, I'll, I'll be more likely to listen to something that I haven't heard for a while or listen to something that I haven't heard at all and just be like, okay, well, what parts of this are usable, you know, like, what can I take and 
you know, extract and make something new out of, you know, just kind of take it all like, you know, raw material or whatever, you know? Yeah. Is music like therapy for you? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, I, I, I would probably say so. I mean, I don't know how effective it is as therapy, but, um, what does it do for your brain while you're working on it? Um, well, I mean, at least with this most recent batch of stuff, it allows me to feel like, um, feel like I've completed something, you know, like feel like, like so many things, I feel like so many things like with life, you know, you do them and then you don't really know like how it's going to turn out or whatever, or where it's going to go. And while that's true with music at the same time, there's kind of like a shorter window of, of closure, you know, from like starting a song to finishing, like finishing a song. And there's something really satisfying in that, you know, like, I feel like every, you know, I feel like a lot of other things I do, like it's never done, you know what I mean? So, so it's good to like, Feel, feel that sense of completion? Yeah, I feel that sense of completion. And also, you know, creation, you know, I mean, I've, you know, I've always had that itch, you know, like, like I said earlier, I mean, I've always, I've always been interested in creating and uh, creative process and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, just using my imagination and you know, there's something very satisfying like that, or for satisfying in that, and I guess at the very like root of myself. You know. Did your parents encourage you? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was a little kid, I mean, I did more like uh, more like visual art, like you know, like drawing and painting and building stuff. And you know, my mom's, you know, my mom and dad were very supportive of that. Um, growing up and you know my mom's still supportive and everything um yeah is music still your main creative outlet or are you doing other stuff yeah it's it's still my main creative outlet um I did really enjoy doing comedy and um I you know I I think that's something that I would maybe maybe want to continue doing in the future I just kind of like stalled out on it for the time being so is it interacting with the audience? What? Like the comedy. Is it the performing? Um, no, it's more like... I don't know. I I feel like with comedy... With comedy, comedy is like a more direct thing. Like, for me, it's just like... Basically, I'm just taking all the negative things and negative feelings I have or negative things I see in the world and just making something positive out of them. Yeah. You know, that's that's what that's what that's what I really enjoy about comedy, you know, um, and it's a more direct art form like um, like stand up is a very direct art. Form. Like it's just literally you and the audience. There's not like as many layers like with music, you know, you have the whole like, you know, your you have your persona and mm -hmm. you know you're like the mystique and people are trying to figure out what the hell your music means and everything with comedy you're pretty much saying it you know you're pretty much saying what you mean you know what i mean like n not always but yeah but there's not really a lot of you know like like 
like the basis of a good joke is the truth behind it. So, you know, it's not, if you're telling a good joke, it shouldn't be hard for the audience to discern what you actually mean by it, you know. So there's something more direct and, um, you know, something more direct about comedy that, that I really enjoy and enjoyed, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I love I love hearing it that way, um, kind of how the music is like a version of you but it's a layered version it's so abstract mm -hmm. like it's so far you know what i mean like like me sitting here talking to you now and then the music that i make it's such a far cry you know like from each other you know what i mean but if you know if you heard me talking and then you heard me doing a stand-up set it wouldn't be that much of a mm -hmm. remove you know yeah, I, yeah. I would just be sounding more witty versus just sounding like a bumbling fool you know <laughs> talking and just rambling on but but you know i've done you know some comedy that where i sounded like a bumbling fool rambling on so you know it's not that much of an abstraction it's a voice right um let's listen to one of your songs which song do you want to play um we can play h up from the last album okay So thank you. That song was awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, when did you make it in January? Is that right? Uh, I released it in January. I probably made it like last August. Okay, and it yeah. was in Ableton. Yeah. 
And so we were just talking. Um, we've got Ableton up recording this. Uh, Matt set it up. So basically you will record a sample and just kind of chop that up um, and just kind of overlay the samples and then lay another sample on top of that. Basically, yeah. And yeah. then, um, so there are a couple machine, what did we say that was? Machine something. Hold on. So Matt has machine studio and some other machine right, right, object. Right, right, And like you basically record little bits into the buttons and like press the buttons as if you're um, playing an instrument, but it's with your fingers. Uh, yes. I mean, that's one way that I do it sometimes, but sometimes I also am just, like, literally just... With your mouse. Dividing it with uh -huh. the mouse and kind of rearranging it the way I want it to. That's... They're kind of different processes. I mean, you know, you can get kind of the same kind of output, and I've done both, but... Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's just different ways of working with samples and kind of working with very short, you know, very short samples, you know what I mean, versus like a, like a long eight-bar phrase, you know, you're chopping it up into like one bar or something, you know, and just gotcha. making little changes here and there, some of them that aren't even going to be immediately perceptible to somebody listening to it, you know what I mean, just little kind of little kind of tweaks here and there or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so when Nova comes and plays with you, when you've got music going, so he comes in and, like, presses those kind of buttons. Yeah, and yeah. No, he loves it. It's He's he's like, you making jams? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he, like, but he basically wants to, like, take over the whole thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? When, he was, when he was little bitty, you know, he would sit there with me and kind of, you know, I could kind of manage him a little more, but, you know, now that he's, like, three, he pretty much just comes in and takes over, yeah. you know, if he sees me working on something. But he likes it, you know, and, I, you know, I, he, I've had him, like, sitting with me since he was, like, a little baby, you know. And so he, he you know, it's something that he likes, and I, I'm curious to see, you know, if he, yeah. if he is into it, like, growing up and stuff, you know. Matt has a couple of apps on one of the extra iPads that Eloise plays with. Uh -huh. um, so he has, like, a drum machine and a couple of synthesizers and will catch her in her bottom bunk just kind of, like, tapping away with oh, her headphones. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, she's actually come up with some stuff that I would I mean, not be able to yeah, come yeah, up yeah, with. Right, so right. I'm so pleased someone is getting that lesson from Matt that, I don't know. For me, I was never able to... It, it, I, like I feel comfortable dancing, but I'm not, I'm not proficient at any kind of music making. So right, right. I'm always kind of thrilled to get some sort of understanding of you know a music brain. Right. So do you like I'm dream not... it? Do you like think in terms of these bars? Like does that run across your head where you're like, oh, I need to? No, see it I this don't. Way? I mean, you know, I mean, it's funny you say that you don't think you have a music brain i mean i don't i don't know that i have a music brain either you know i i think there's i don't know i mean i mean i didn't grow up playing an instrument you know like anything i anything i learned how to play you know which i did learn some music theory and stuff but i was like i was like already in my 20s you know like so i learned like some keys and drums and bass and stuff you know never got really great at any specific instrument you know my talent is just kind of more 
and arranging and uh, you know this kind of stuff or whatever just kind of more the technical side and just kind of cutting things up and arranging them in a new way or whatever so I mean I don't know that I don't know that I necessarily have a music brain but I think that there's I think that there's something valuable and 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 something that you see a lot in history is people that have been able to make changes in certain fields or people that had no business being like doing that you know what I mean yeah. like people who you see as like innovators they're people that come from maybe a different background or whatever so they they approach they have basically they have a different approach or insight to something where they don't the, know the industry standard of it so they're right like, right just saying like oh I'm not I'm not a music person or I'm not an art person or whatever, especially in the creative, like, discipline, you know, like, or the creative disciplines, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying and, you know, just seeing what it's like and, you know. Yeah, seeing um, what sticks. Right, and seeing what, seeing what you can bring to it, you know. Yeah. Do you like playing or working or collaborating with other people or are you more comfortable on your own or do you like going back and forth to inspire yourself uh i'm more comfortable working on my own but i also like see the value in working with other people you know it sometimes i'm creatively at certain times in the past i've been too much like all over the place so um working with somebody else kind of makes my work more focused um which is good for me yeah um, so, and like uh, edits what you're doing in a way that you hadn't seen before. Right, right. I think of it like I, I, I'll tend to think of things a little more linearly if I'm doing a project with somebody, which is which is good for me because I'm kind of more of the abstract thinker or whatever. Yeah. Do you ever um, show Messina, your wife, what you're working on? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Um, Sometimes she'll she'll she's just surprised like <laughs> she'll be like oh you're working on this? like and then she'll get up like oh hey I released the album today I'm like what <laughs> I didn't even know you're working on anything well I'm like but well, I'm always working on something. <laughs> so. Is she ever a sounding board for what you're doing? Sometimes yeah um, you know like she's she's very supportive so you know so I'm always like oh maybe she's just saying that she likes this Mm -hmm. because she's being supportive so um but she's also like on the other side of that she's also a very honest person so um I can trust her to be honest with me I think you know I think if she I'm sure if she really hated something she probably just wouldn't say anything (laughs) (laughs) that's funny and I ask that because Matt will show me what he's working on and you know I'll I'll let him know if I don't know like a beat is out of time or like I'll let him know what emotion the song conjures or um, you know if something is a little too quiet or something is going on too long and again I have no music background but but you have a music listening background you know so yeah yeah and I, I feel like you know I I can tune in to what I'm feeling about something and um, I feel like that feedback is valuable on its own and 
Yeah, I, he's the only person I do that for. Um, if you were to give yourself a title for your creative identity, what would your title be? Um, probably something like Chopped Up Amateur. All right. I like it. So cool. Thank you so much for sitting down and recording this with me and letting me get into your brain a little bit and just spending time with me because I haven't seen you in so long and I love catching up. And thank you to our listeners. I appreciate you going through episode two and I hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes. I've already forgotten the name of our podcast. <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait. You'll, you'll remember it. Chatty crafties. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Oh, my God. Uh, I hope no, no, you'll no, stay no tuned. No, no, let me get a clean drink. No, no, no. That's it. Oh, no. <laughs> stay tuned for more episodes of Chatty Crafties. <laughs> oh, does a monthly show at Leon's Lounge in Houston. If you need more, and I think you do, you can find it at purplebastard.com or search him wherever you get your social media. Music in this episode provided by Purple Bastard. Introspective intro by Berm and Swale. Check him out on Facebook and spend some time with us at chattycrafties.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud. Subscribe on iTunes or just follow your own best advice. This episode was produced by me, Amber Moreno, and hosted by my crafty comrade, Angelica Norton, right here at Open Envelope Studio. Thanks for listening. Now go make some art. <laughs>